0: You're locked into the Despirito Team Real Estate Show with host and top realtor Emilio Despirito on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. We're talking with industry leaders about real estate trends, money making tips, and advice on buying and selling the American dream. Now, here's Emilio
1: Despirito. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's Emilio Desperado, and I'm excited to be here with you every single week talking about my favorite subject, and that's real estate, right? Everything real estate related we're going to discuss on this show. We've got on some extremely wonderful and uh, uh, amazing folks who have a wealth of knowledge in so many different facets of real estate. Today, we've invited John LaPointe of LaPointe Insurance, and you can check them out at LePointINS.com. They handle auto, home, and life, and they cover uh, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, I believe Connecticut. I mean, I think they cover quite a bit as far as states go. But um, anyways, I wanted to have John come on today because we're talking about new construction in a flood zone and really what you need to consider when you're building a new home in a flood zone. John, thanks for jumping on with us.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me as always. And nice. um, yeah, this is a topic that I uh, this come up a fair bit. And, uh, you know, even something that so- somewhat recently, you know, you and I had talked about and it's um, it's something that I think is um, is good to know, you know, because especially in, in our area, there's uh, they're not making they're not making any more waterfront property uh, as far as land goes. But if you're lucky enough to get yourself uh, an opportunity to purchase property at or near, um, you know, any of the, the lovely beaches that we have here in Rhode Island. It's a, it's an awesome opportunity and something that, you know, if, uh, if you have the ability to take advantage of it, I definitely would. Cause, um, that's, it's just a, an awesome place to live. So the thing is we get, we end up getting brought into conversations a lot of times as an insurance agency. Um, the question being like, how is the flood insurance going to be, uh, on this property? Right. Mm-hmm. And when there's not already a house there, it can be a tricky question to answer because with flood insurance specifically, you know how the house is built has a huge, huge impact on your cost of flood insurance. So I always end up walking it back a little bit and saying that if you know the property is in a flood zone and you are gonna be building a property, you know you're gonna be building a home in that flood zone, then the cost of flood insurance probably ends up being your least concern because when you're building in a flood zone, you can always check your local town or state ordinances for building. But when you're building in a flood zone, there's going to be certain requirements for what you need to do to build that home properly. And the biggest thing to know is if you're in a high-risk flood zone, that's any flood zone that starts with the letter A or the letter V, Mm -hmm. then of course it's a high risk flood zone. Flood insurance would likely be required on that home, but you're also going to be required to build the home in a certain way so that the home is actually flood proofed from the get go. So they don't even want to let you build a house that is going to be at a high risk of flooding because sure you can have insurance, but like at the end of the day if you know that this is an area that is prone to flooding and they're going to you're going to build a house there you should probably just build the house in such a way that it wouldn't be damaged by flooding in the first place and mm-hmm. so the the that's always how the conversation comes back around and the key is really elevation elevation is something that comes up whenever somebody's talking about flood insurance, we, we always get questions about like, oh, well, an elevation certificate helped me get a better rate on flood insurance. And then, you know, the, the answer to that question is, well, you know, is the home elevated? You know, is, this, is the elevation certificate going to prove to the insurance company that the home is actually elevated off the ground? It's actually, you know, further away from the floodwaters than it would be if it wasn't elevated. When you're building a house in a flood zone, You're going to have to build the house with some sort of elevation in mind. So the local ordinances, the building codes, they're going to require actually that your house, when you're building it, is at least one foot above the base flood elevation of that plot of land. So the base flood elevation is something that you can can look up online. If you search FEMA flood maps, plug in the address, it'll generally show a map. And it'll show the different flood zones. And there'll be a little number next to it that says like 11, 12, 9, whatever. And that's Mm -hmm. the base flood elevation. That that base flood elevation means what they think the flood level would be if there was a a catastrophic flood event. So like how high is the water going to get? So let's say it's 11 and you're going to build a house well, you're going to have to build a house so that the lowest floor is at least 12 feet up. And so that could mean that you have to build a house on piers or stilts, mm-hmm. or you have to build a house with like an unfinished enclosure underneath. A lot of people, you see these houses that have like a garage on the first floor, but mm-hmm. it's all unfinished and it's built with these breakaway walls. Um, there's also ways to do it where you have like a a raised crawl space or foundation, but you build in these vents into it and, um, the vents allow water to flow through. So essentially, you know, you want the lowest floor of the house to be up above the floodplain and then, um, it's built structurally sound underneath in a way that water can freely flow through. And that, uh, actually, you know, keeps the home safe, you know, is obviously ways to make sure the house is going to stay where it's at, even if water is flowing underneath it. So, that's mm-hmm. the way you're going to have to build the house. So, that always comes up and there's a ton of research you can look up on this. But the main takeaway is that if you're looking at building a home in a flood zone, insurance probably not your biggest concern because you're going to be required to build the house a certain way so that it's essentially flood-proofed. And then when you go to buy insurance, well, the insurance is going to be super cheap because... You built the house flood proofed. Mm You're gonna be able to prove to the insurance company, well, hey, I built this house twelve feet up off the ground on stilts and yeah, there's virtually no risk of flood damage. So you still need to buy flood insurance, but it's gonna be like a couple hundred bucks a year because now you could have a flood, but in order for that flood to damage your house, it's gonna be like monumental flooding, like you know, like End of the world kind of flooding because you've already built the house up out of the floodplain. So that's um, you know something that I think is is maybe a question that I get. I don't know once a month, and everybody always wants to know like, what's the insurance going to cost on this? You know this land that this land that doesn't even have a house yet. (laughs) It's like, well, (laughs) you know, don't don't I wouldn't worry about that. You know, if you're building it smartly, there's just no cost Um, now. You know, another thing to keep in mind is that flood zones do change. So you could be building in an area where there is no flood zone. Currently, it's not It's not in a high-risk flood zone, but maybe 10 years down the line, it gets remapped into a mm-hmm. flood zone. And in those cases, if the home's not built with any elevation and then the new person going to buy the property needs to get insurance, yeah, the, the insurance might be pretty expensive on that. What you see a lot of people do especially in like, I don't know, Cape Cod and even some areas in like Narragansett, Rhode Island, people actually raise their houses. Some people, mm-hmm. the, the flood insurance gets so expensive on some of these older homes that have been built. Like, you know, they were built 50 years ago yeah. and now the flood waters have rised and the flood zones have changed. So their flood insurance got, you know, so expensive that their best alternative actually, you know, and even just to maintain the, the safety of the property is to, to literally... Raise the house and Amazing. build build a structure under it, and you see yeah. this done a lot of times. And like Cape Cod specifically, I know it's a it's a pretty common thing. People will buy this, you know, older beach house and um, end up you know renovating it and raising it up, totally changing you know the, the way the whole place looks. But mm-hmm. um, they do that for a couple reasons. One, to just make it safer. But but secondly, it also it brings down that the cost of the flood insurance. Some people have found that they in the long run, saved money by doing it, spending hundreds wow. of thousands to raise their house because the you know the, the cost of the flood insurance was was getting to be too expensive. And you know if you're if you're a buyer that's looking for this type of property, it's going to be high end real estate to begin mm. with. And a lot of these folks actually prefer to self insure. And if you're going to do that, then you're going to spend the extra capital to make sure the home's safe. You know, you if you're not going to even bother to spend the thousands and thousands on flood insurance every year. You're just going to make sure that you, you know, increase the elevation of the house and flood proof it. So you don't even have to worry about it. So that's, that's an option for people too. And that's something that, that a lot of folks will do. Um, yes, you know, it's sometimes the best way to go.
1: Well, that's amazing. Well, the good thing is, is that there is options because I know when you, when you purchase a home and you fall in love with it, the last thing you want to do is, is move away from it, especially a waterfront home. So the fact that exactly.
2: those things are timeless, you know, you want yeah. your kids and grandkids to be able to spend time there. Like that's just those. Yeah. They don't make them anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And hey, listen, if you need any questions answered on flood insurance, home insurance, auto life, John LaPointe with LaPointe insurance can help you out. You can check them out at lepointins.com. John, thanks for being here with us. Appreciate you very much. And again, for our listeners, you can contact John Lapointe and his team at LapointeIns.com. Go ahead and uh, get all of your insurance needs met over there. LapointeIns.com. John, thanks again.
2: Thank you. Appreciate awesome.
1: it. You're welcome. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with several more awesome segments on the DeSpirito Team Real Estate Show. And this segment was powered by Lapointe Insurance.
2: This segment is brought to you by Matt Bates from Movement Mortgage, NMLS number 844154. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179, NMLSConsumerAccess.org.
0: Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio.
1: Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm Emilio Dispirito, and I'm here today with our guest, our co-host, Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage. And this show is all about real estate. So you're going to learn so much that maybe you didn't know or something. Every show, you're going to get at least a nugget of information. And I know I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm really excited to be here today with Matt Bates of Movement Mortgage. He's one of the top producing Uh, loan originators that covers mortgages in Rhode Island. He knows his stuff. and He's here to give us some great tips. Licensed in Connecticut, Florida, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. He's got your home buying needs and refinance needs covered. Matt, thanks for joining us today.
3: You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm uh, glad to be here. And uh, like you said, we we try to uh, teach and and educate people about real estate. So we're not sure what we're gonna learn. Sometimes I learn new things. And when I learn them, I like to bring them onto the show. So that we share the wealth. And um, this week uh, I wanted to cover how to get rid of mortgage insurance for conventional loans. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's four really great ways. And it just depends on the situation and the time of the market and whatnot. But uh, to begin, you can actually get rid of PMI with a if you have a conventional loan. What's PMI? Tell you us what PMI. Uh, PMI is private mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. So it's an insurance policy that buyers pay as part of their mortgage payment in order to put less than twenty percent down when they purchase the home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a requirement uh, that all lenders have to work with if they're doing a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Uh, conventional mortgage, which are the two conventional loan programs that we go back and forth on depending on the buyer's application. Um, and that mortgage insurance can go away four different ways. One is if you put 5% down, close on the home, you pay the mortgage all the way until you have 20% equity. And then you can request the PMI to be removed. Mm-hmm they will consider it to be removed at, at once you get to 20, 20% and then at 22%, they remove the PMI completely no matter what. So it's required if you have 22% equity and you were paying PMI, you no longer pay PMI, you don't. You wouldn't have to request that or anything. It just happens. Um, but you can ask it to be removed at 80%. So um, that's the popular way because um, that's what's just, you know people sometimes are not paying attention and, and all of a sudden a couple of years goes by and boom they get rid of pmi because they've made their payment long enough um the next way is to pay down the the principal balance to that number ahead of schedule so make a, like a make a principal balance reduction on your payment let's say mm-hmm. um you sell a piece of you, you're, you own multiple properties in your, in your current home where you currently live, you have mortgage insurance on it and you sell one of your investment properties and you come across a chunk of cash that you're not sure what you want to do with it, maybe pay off some debt, pay down the principal of your mortgage. So you can do that to the number that was set when you closed your loan to get rid of PMI. So now you have 20% equity and that goes away. Um, and the second, the, the the third way to do it is you can have if you've had your mortgage for two to five years and you've made your payments on time and the market has gone up without having a refinance, you can request to have your the value of your home reassessed. Yeah. Call the and you you would call movement mortgage and say I'd like to pay for an appraisal. I believe the value of my house has dramatically increased and I've been on time with my mortgage payment. Can we please please take a look and see if mortgage insurance is necessary anymore. Um that's uh something that I'm I think is relatively new to movement because I'm just learning about that being the case now. For a long time I thought you had to refinance to get rid of PMI, which you, you can incur closing costs. But that's not the case as I'm learning and I want to share it, you know, share it with everybody.
1: A few years um, ago, I actually did it. I did it. I had, I owned a house and uh, I did that. And we went in at 10% in Matt. And then once, you know, the market started picking up, it was literally a year and a half after owning the home or two years after owning the home. There's, there's a stipulation that says I think you need at least six months or a year, something or the other of full on time payments in order to do this. Then you get a broker's price opinion
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and then you submit it. And then once they agree or disagree with it, you have to submit for an application. And once they agree or disagree with it, then you're right. Then it boom, it goes away.
3: Right. If it's within two to, two to five years of owning the home, you have to prove that you have at least tw- the reassessed value is uh, 25%. You have 25% equity with the reassessed value of, mm-hmm. of. And then if you've owned the property for more than five years, you have to. Have the property reassessed with at least twenty percent equity. So if it's within two to five years, you have to have twenty five percent equity, and if it's after five years of owning the home, you have to at least show that you have twenty percent equity when you do the reassessment, mm-hmm. and have your mortgage payments be on time. That's a big. That's a big one because that's what mortgage insurance is: is protecting the 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 bank's investment on the the loan against foreclosure. Oh, guys! Non-payment.
1: It could be a few grand a year. I mean, so now we're getting into the time where we're where affordability is 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 literally a keyword. That's the buzzword. So, with utility prices skyrocketing, with the cost of food, the cost of living everywhere, you know, increasing. Matt wanted to come on here right. and offer our listeners uh, an opportunity to save money. You know, and and I think getting rid of your PMI, your private mortgage insurance is really a fantastic way to do that. And if you have questions on this at all or anything mortgage related, I strongly urge you to go to the rimortgageguy.com. That's the type of guy, he'll help you out even if there's nothing in it for him. He's happy to meet people. You know, you're gonna love him. You're gonna love working with them. And then next time you're ready to refinance or buy a home and know somebody that is, I know you're gonna send them over to Matt and that's just the way we do business. So um, the rimortgageguy.com. Matt would be happy to help you out figure out how to get rid of your PMI if it's an opportunity, and if it's not, you could always look out doing a, a potential refi if it makes sense for you, right? There's, it's it's it all boils down to numbers, monthly
3: payments, all of that. Uh, and and well, I just said mean? that I had an example of uh, a client called me his his rate. I when in the middle of COVID, he was able to get a three point two five percent interest rate. Yeah, he's paying two hundred and ten dollars a month in mortgage insurance. And now currently his, the houses around him are selling for substantially more than what he bought for his for. Mm -hmm. So if he gets his property reassessed, he could keep his uh, 3.25 interest rate and possibly remove that $210 without having to pay the closing costs for a refinance. So yeah, that's that there's no, there's no reason to go and refi right now because the, Interest will outweigh the savings for the mortgage insurance, so that's how we uh, how we're going to get it done. And he's real happy about that. So that's awesome. I think in most cases, I
1: think that's that's the best route to go. However, you know, there might be that odd one-off case where somebody, you know, went in and purchased the home at four and a half percent, where they had risky credit and they paid a premium, you know, to get in, while everybody else was paying low rates. You know, there's I'm sure there's some cases like that. So say four and a half, five 5% and they were paying uh, PMI on top of it. If there's a way to get rid of it, who knows? They, they might still be in the, the plus, you know? Um, so you got to reassess your specific situation and, uh, and, and see what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And, and Matt, again, can, can definitely help you out with that. The rimortgageguy.com. That's good. Hey, Matt, um, curious on, on your end of things. Um, you know, what are you seeing as far as the amount of mortgage pre-approvals coming in? What type of buyers are you mainly working with right now? Like, is there a certain demographic, age group? Is there, you know, what what are you seeing
3: out there? Um, I'm still getting mortgage applications in, still helping uh, a lot of people buy houses. Deals are getting done. And mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're working with everybody, whether it's an immediate need or they're, mm-hmm focused on it in the next six to 12 months, they're still, uh, applying and, um, but I do, I, I do see the majority of my buyers have a n- real strong need to, to buy a home. Like it, it, not so much a want, but mm-hmm. a need They first time home buyers, newly n- newlyweds, uh, people with, a uh, their home size, their, their, the their household size mm-hmm. increasing um and people relocating because of jobs so there's there's like driving forces whereas some people you know when in other times it's been more like okay we want to upgrade or um you know we want to live in this part of the state or, or we're, we're just interested in buying we love this house so we want to buy it like That was happening a lot more earlier but now the people that are coming in are coming in with a specific need like they need Mm -hmm. to buy this home so um i i enjoy working with all buyers but i also enjoy mostly working with people that need to get it done because we're going to be there every step of the way to get them to the closing table
1: absolutely great stuff hey if you have any questions again regarding mortgages the rimortgageguy.com go ahead hit matt Bates up on his website the rimortgageguy.com Matt, thanks for joining us today, man. It was really great talking with you about how to get rid of PMI, timely subject as people are focused on affordability and really, um, you know, making sure to keep as much money in their pocket as possible as things continue to get crazy, overwhelming expensive, especially as we get into the holiday season. It's almost Christmas time, time to buy those gifts and uh, time to put the turkey on the table. So good stuff, Matt Bates with Movement Mortgage. Thanks again for jumping on with us.
3: Yeah, awesome. Glad to be here. Have a great day, everybody.
1: Thank you. You too. Hey, stay tuned. We have a special guest. We have Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt of One Socket jumping on with us, and uh, we're going to talk real estate development. We're going to talk about a uh, about someone who has been very pro real estate. We like to highlight that. We like to highlight that kind of person. And uh talk about what one socket in the future looks like. Stay tuned, we're gonna be right back here. This segment was powered by movement mortgage. Movement mortgage.
4: Movement.
0: Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio
1: hey good morning welcome back to the program i'm Emilio desperado and this is your show focused on real estate hyper local real estate here in rhode island and we like to cover all of the players in real estate regardless regardless of who they are right they could be developers they could be public figures they could be anybody and i've got a very special guest who i'm very excited to introduce you to today and it is mayor lisa Baldelli hunt of one Ah, uh, welcome to the program, Mayor. It's great to have you.
5: Thank you, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: You're very welcome. Now, Mayor, listen. One thing I want to say to the to uh, to our folks listening is that I've watched my best friend Greg Rice. He's been developing uh, Sacred Heart Church in in uh, socket and they're turning it into micro lofts and. Uh, You have been absolutely solution-focused and a proponent since day one of this. And housing is one of those things that is needed uh, in in communities. And so just seeing that uh, from the outside, it showed me everything that I needed to know. And you've been a lifelong resident in Woonsocket. And I 100% know that you're not in the position that you were in and will be in because you are uh, in need of money. You're there because you have a love for the city and you're there because it's pride, purpose and passion. And, and that's what drives you. So that was, that's why I invited you on the show today because I wanna talk about your vision for the city, what you've done here. And I just think you're a, a, just a huge proponent of the success that we've seen as of late in one socket.
5: Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, I I really enjoy real estate. I I love real estate. I think it's interesting. I think there's great value to it. Uh, It can certainly um, be an investment that uh, you can make mistakes in, but you can also become very secure in life by investing in real estate. I invested in my first piece of real estate when I was 21 years old. I bought my first house. Um, in january of 1984 so i'm giving away my age here <laughs> and uh well not really um, i'm although i'm 60 but uh i was 21 back then wow. and i recognized that uh, i liked it i enjoyed it and i proceeded to invest in real estate moving forward uh, probably purchased um additional homes on an average of one a year for another six or seven years and uh, things change you have children, you get married and go in different directions. Uh, but I took that love for real estate with me uh, to the mayor's office. And I recognize the importance of having a community where when interested parties come in or developers come in, such as Greg Rice for Sacred Heart Church, you need to make certain that you are giving them the tools to succeed. Mm -hmm. So many times I would hear from people uh, that there is so much red tape in government, so much red tape in in municipalities. It's not easy to get permitting and things such as that. So what I implemented in the city of Woonsocket and I do with anyone who's investing, uh, whether it is commercial or residential uh, construction or or rehab, is we once we get to a certain point, we have a roundtable and I bring in everyone From every department that will touch that project. So everyone is around the table. So they're not working in silos with each department. They actually have everyone at that table and everyone can review that plan and do that initial have that initial meeting to try to uh, focus on anything that would need to be addressed to not hold that up.
1: That could save months of work and thousands upon thousands of dollars of revisions and back and forth. I mean, and timing is everything in real estate. We know that. Timing is absolutely everything in business. Now there's there's been an uptick in in single-family construction, Mayor. And 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 look, when we look around the state of Rhode Island, there is not a lot of construction happening right now. People are a little nervous. They seem to be pulling back, but still, when Socket has seen an uptick in single family construction. What do you what do you think is the reason for that? What's behind that?
5: Right. So w- when I took office, there there was, you know, a bit of a dark cloud over the city. The tax rate uh was was high. Mm-hmm. And uh there was a this maybe reputation where you did not want to uh, move to one socket. And keeping in mind, you know, we're an urban community surrounded by suburban communities. So we're sort of that odd man out, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was important to try to change that view. And knowing that we're strategically placed uh, in this golden golden triangle between Worcester, Boston, and Providence, mm-hmm. and folks need to spend significantly more uh, for housing in the Boston area. So we really worked on reducing the tax rate, which we have reduced – the tax rate in Woonsocket, I believe it's been six years that we've had tax decreases uh, either on our residential and commercial mm-hmm. or residential um, or commercial or co- the combined combination thereof. So we have continually reduced that. We also try to make s- certain that the realtors know that it's extremely important to share with potential single family homeowners that we offer a 25% homestead exemption. So, so I, I mean, I can yes. continue on. So what we've done as far as uh, single family homes is, you know, generally speaking, urban communities are, are somewhat land poor. And, but we have made certain that we have found any land possible and developers have come in, they've bought parcels of land
4: mm-hmm. and
5: they are developing. We probably in the last, I would say the last four or five years, I would say we are nearing a hundred single family homes.
1: It's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And those single family homeowners, they're coming in and they're spending big money. They're spending big money at local restaurants like Cerro's, Pomodoro, right? They happen to be owned by the family. Right the stadium theater, like they're coming in. And now all these wonderful places are seeing a revitalization of business. You know what I've noticed, Mayor, when I was going down Main Street in One Socket a few weeks back, I said, I was actually with my friend, Greg Rice. I said, Greg, I said, look around, look at the businesses, look at the small businesses here. I cannot remember seeing that street so well lit up with so many thriving small businesses in there. And that was a wonderful thing to see.
5: It it is. It's nice. It was, it was a pretty gloomy place, uh, back in 2013. We still have work to do. There's no Mm -hmm. question about it. Uh, we're evolving and we just had the ribbon cutting on, I believe October 4th for the Woonsocket higher education center. And this is a model that was taken after the Westerly, um, center. And we have CVS health in that building. Um, there's schooling, uh, this is free to anyone you you go. What happens is there are companies that are working uh, with the state in the Woonsocket Higher Ed Center and you go there and you apply to uh, enroll in a program. When mm-hmm. you enroll in that program, you are then placed in a job. So it's not like years ago where you would get a certificate and then they'd say, go find a job there. Yeah. You actually go there. And you get trained and then you get placed in the job. So one of our largest commercial buildings, uh, it's called the Commercial Block Building Mm -hmm. on Main Street, the entire third floor has been renovated into this higher ed school. It's beautiful. If, If you have time one day, go in, stop in, go upstairs
1: that's such an amazing opportunity in a time where in an increasing time where more and more people are going to need that, you know, affordability being such a factor right now, people need good paying jobs, they need to be educated, and they can't spend crazy money to get that education. So what a fantastic thing, Mayor. Now, a couple other things I want to talk about is uh, it's REACH manufacturing. Did I say that correct? Resh 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 Mm -hmm. Resh manufacturing. Now, this is This is a state of the art facility. I know they're doing, they're cutting sheet metal there. Uh, They're they're manufacturing that. And that, you know, is something that can be used for a a tremendous amount of applications, obviously. It was recently built here in Woonsocket, right behind that Cumberland Farms over there, right off Cumberland Hill Road, correct?
5: Yep, Cumberland and Mendon, right at Highland Corporate Park. Yes. You you want to talk about that for a second? Because I think that's such a fantastic development. Sure. So there was a, parcel of land behind Cumberland Farms, approximately seven acres. Mm -hmm. And it was for sale for a while. Uh, I learned of a gentleman uh, who was looking to build a sheet metal manufacturing plant. And he is located in Franklin, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And I thought, geez, I think this is great. You know, we're in one socket. We're not that far, far off. We have seven acres. So I spoke with the gentleman And he had said that he was in conversation with another community in the state. So I said to him, if it doesn't work out, please give me a call back. I'd really like to have a conversation with you. He was pretty far along. Uh, So long story short, um, I did kind of pester him a little bit, kept checking in and things didn't work out as he expected. Uh, So fast forward, here we are. Uh, This gentleman is building a I'm going to give a range only because uh, um, things have escalated in price. Materials have really escalated. I would say this is a 10 to 12 million dollar construction project. This is ground up. This is not a renovation of an existing building and a mm-hmm. retrofit. This is a gr- this is ground up construction. I just drove the site last week. It's it's beautiful. They've done a phenomenal job. And he will be moving his manufacturing plant from Massachusetts into Rhode Island, right here in Woonsocket, bringing those jobs and then adding more jobs. Uh, We all know, you know, sheet metal is important in many areas, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I would like to thank the Langley family uh, for choosing Woonsocket.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, aside from the construction jobs, the local jobs that 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 has, it's also all the folks that either they're taking with them that are now also going to have to Obviously pay taxes here in Rhode Island, right? Mm-hmm. In addition to uh to everything else that's going to be created. Never mind more folks coming in and out of that area, stopping at the local gas stations, the local small businesses, the right. restaurants. This is this is what it's all about, guys. And socket, I think, has always been such a great location for that with the easy highway access. And like you said, between Worcester and boston and providence i mean it just has such a a wonderful location for that and we've got the infrastructure we really do we have it we've got the people there that can support this uh one other thing mayor before i let you go that i want to talk about quickly is is the micro loft project i mean you've got the we we briefly touched upon it the old sacred heart church is being switched over now to what 32 micro loft units it was fully approved that's a six or seven million dollar investment into the city can we talk about that briefly
5: sure so so greg rice um, is the investor and he has been an absolute pleasure to work with uh, he has been very cognizant of trying to keep nearly all of the character of the church which is not always easy to do yeah. but he has he has done that with his team and these these units are going to be stunning the building is stunning uh, he's very excited about it. We're excited about it. We're happy to be working with him and we look forward to those, those micro loft units. He is not um, the only one building micro loft units. So the point being is we have locations to offer, but certainly when his are done, I'm sure they'll fill fast because that building is stunning.
1: Well, and it's also going to set a precedence. you know, not only here, but around uh, everywhere else. The unfortunate thing is there's a lot of vacant churches now, the fortunate thing is instead of having these churches, it's beautiful, beautiful, all these wonderful architectures, all, all these beautiful buildings fall apart. Instead of that, uh, we've got people that are turning them into luxury apartments, like yes. nice higher end units that, again, will bring more money into the community. And that's what lifts the community. I mean, JFK said it best, rising tide rises all ships. That's I right. love I love that quote. And that's what it's all about. And that's what I've witnessed. Uh, and what you've done uh, in OneSocket, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. So thank you so much for jumping on the show with us. Yes. Um, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hope you get to come
5: back again. Any quick closing remarks, Mayor? I just want to say that um, socket is open for business. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to give me a call. Um, they can get in touch with me through you. Uh, we we share each other's uh, contact information mm-hmm. and we're ready to we're ready to help. And I will be sworn back into office on December the 6th.
1: Fantastic. Good stuff, Mayor. Great to have you here again. I'd like to thank uh, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt of One Socket, Rhode Island for jumping on with us, talking about cutting through the red tape. And making sure real estate can happen when Socket is open for business. You got to check it out, take a drive through. The place is changing rather rapidly in such a positive way. Awesome. Good stuff. Thanks again, Mayor. Thank you. You're very welcome. Good stuff. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back here with riblogger.com's top five events happening in Rhode Island. Stay tuned. This is the Spirito Team Real Estate Show.
0: Now back to the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920 and 1047 FM. Also available as a podcast on iHeartRadio.
1: Okay, we've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com, and she's here with her famous weekly top five events happening in Rhode Island. Jen, what's happening out there?
4: All kinds of things, and we're talking about November, which just seems like so wild that it's already here. Um, November kicks off the 2022 Rhode Island Comic Con on November 4th to 6th. It's the 10th anniversary um, at the Rhode Island Convention Center. And Amika Mutual Pavilion. So it's two locations. Um, it's Rhode Island's premier pop culture event. And this year, as I said, they're celebrating their 10th year anniversary. So it's extra special. It'll be featuring fan favorites like Marvel, Star Wars, Star Trek, um, and any more. And they'll be able to, fans will be able to meet um, the biggest voices, panels, games, um, to celebrate their anniversary. There'll be an after party on Saturday, November 5th from 10 to 1 a.m. at the Omni Hotel. Um, and you can get all the details and much more at ricomiccon.com. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a decent amount of time to get there. Um, November 6th. So I was thinking, you know, as you head into the holiday season, there's a lot of eating and drinking and celebrating that goes on. So this might be a good thing to put in. Um, November 6th is the Colt State Half Marathon at 8.30 a.m. It's 13.1 miles of New England's beautiful coastline. Um, it's a traditional style road race. It's a, it's a coastal fast and flat course. Um, and again, you know, it's an ocean state running tradition, Um, You can get all the information, but it's actually limited to 400 runners, which is if you've ever done a race, it's nice when there's, you know, a cap on it. So if you're interested in it, definitely get on that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the holiday season, you can get into the holiday spirit. Um, as a Christmas Carol opens at Trinity Rep in Providence, um, November 4th, to G- sorry, November 3rd to January 1st. Um, it's a Rhode Island family tradition. It's returning to the Trinity, Trinity Rep. Um, And again, you have until January 1st, and the play is reimagined every year. So, you know, many people make this a tradition and go every year, and you're not seeing the same thing. Um, It's a joyful telling of the classic story, the magic and hope of the season with the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Um, And you can get your tickets and times at TrinityRep.com. Saturday, November 5th, you can head to Waterfire for a full lighting to salute the veterans at Waterplace Park. Um, sunset is a little bit sad, is approximately 5.35 p.m. So I remember before we were like 8:00, you know. But anyway, so yeah. the sun is going down earlier. Um, so it, it, it runs about 5.35 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, veterans will participate in lighting ceremonies. And the event is a collaborative community um, celebration to honor and recognize the U.S. veterans, active and reserve military personnel personnel for their service, sacrifice um, and contribution. So it's a great cause to support. Beautiful. And last but not least, November 6th, 3rd, 20th, and 27th, which are Sundays, or Friday, November 25th, um, you can enjoy the 2022 PVD Flea Fall Market Harvest Festival. Um, Join the Providence Flea for um, vintage vendors, food trucks, farmers, makers, bakers, craft beer, garden, ice cream, hot coffee, um, music, cornhole, and much more. And um, that's located at 10 Sims Ave in Providence. So you have a few opportunities to get to that as well.
1: So good stuff. Great show today. I'm Emilio Desperado. Any questions you may have, 401-359-2338. Again, 401-359-2338. I'm here to help you out in Rhode Island. My team covers Rhode Island, Mass. and Connecticut real estate, and we can refer you out to top advisors globally Anywhere you like in the world, we've got someone that can assist you. 401-359-2338. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. We'll see you next week.